0: Hey there, I offer this podcast freely. Your support really makes a difference. To make a donation, visit reneemckenna.com. Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name's Renee lavalle McKenna, and I bring my 30 plus years as a recovering addict and ex-crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on spirituality, psychology, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about hope for the future and the alternate title is, everything is perfect. And when I say that everything is perfect, I don't mean that everything is comfortable, that everything is stable, or even that everything is optimal. The statement everything is perfect means everything is perfect in this moment, as part of this larger unfolding process that from what I can tell appears to be infinite that life is an unfolding creative expression of the universal life force or God experiencing itself, a cosmic dance of unceasing movement growing in complexity. Life is a verb. Consciousness is an energy, and energy is never static. It is always flowing, unless it's in its potential form, the pregnant void, what Master Eckhart Tolle calls the unmanifested, which is not emptiness as we know it, but pure potentiality. And the potentiality manifests itself as all of creation for the joy of its own expression and experience of itself. That's my understanding of the unfolding cosmic reality of which we are a part. Because we are part of that expression, each of us. Every blade of grass, every bird, every building, car, and country, including the life in the larger universe, billions of stars, other life forms, interdimensional beings, all the levels of consciousness and iterations or manifestations of that larger consciousness system in lifetimes, after lifetimes, across lifetimes, including the unseen world, the metaphysical, the transpersonal, the realms of the dead, between lifetimes, all who have passed and all who will be born, all that which has been created and all that which will be created. The idea that the expansion of the universe, this creative, generative, evolutionary process is God breathing out. The Big Bang could be supposed that at some point, God will breathe back in, and it only makes sense that God would then breathe out again. And many creation myths, which point to different conceptions of the ultimate reality, point to the idea that there is a single consciousness, universal mind, Brahman in Hinduism, perhaps Buddha nature and Buddhism, but I think it's beyond that. And certainly it's beyond my understanding of the conceptions of the Judeo-Christian God. It's the God that created that God the divine ground of all matter, energy, time, space, being, and everything beyond in this universe. The transpersonal, personal, and impersonal, all at the same time. And maybe God got bored hanging out by itself and wanted to have an experience. And if God is love, love is most easily experienced with a subject and an object. Loving each other in the process of unification, and that experience of unity with all things is described as bliss. And so, the one divided into two that it might have an experience of itself Shiva and Shakti, the divine masculine and feminine, equal in part, one of pure potentiality and one of infinite expression, the cosmic couple and the infinite dance of creation. And the one that became two, that it might have an experience of itself in love, an expression to manifest all that is possible from the unmanifested, the mother-father Godhead, that is the creative force behind all things, that all things are birthed through the Great Mother, impregnated by the Divine Father, and that everything in the manifested world is made of consciousness, including us. We are expressions of the love, the unfathomable, infinite creativity of the creators, and we are part of that creative experience moves through us in our own creativity, our own choices, our own expressions of love or fear in our lifetime. The one experiences itself through every aspect of creation the blade of grass, the dewdrop, the mountain through every person and animal and element on this plane of existence and many unknowable forms outside of this plane of existence. Because this is not the only plane of consciousness or existence that's happening. Just like there's a light spectrum and a sound spectrum, And our sight and hearing are able to see segments of that, but there's invisible light and unhearable sound waves all around us. And throughout the cosmos, most probably entire levels of consciousness we can't even conceive of with our little primitive brains. And all of it in motion, perhaps as one single event experienced in the present moment. That's what all the great teachings point to. The past and future are illusions and conceptions, and the only thing that is real is the ever-present now. I continue to struggle and strive to grow and experience an understanding of that because it feels so true. And if I am deeply in the present moment without my narratives and perspectives, my fears and judgments, expectations, if I am deeply in the now, then I am consciousness experiencing itself Whatever that experience is, it might be comfortable or uncomfortable, but it is absolutely never the same. Everything is in constant motion and a perpetual cycle of things being created, sustained, or dissolving to be recreated again anew. It's like a river flowing. It never stops. We could use water as an example. Each water molecule is billions of years old. Now, ultimately at some point they were created and at some point they will dissolve. But as the great Albert Einstein pointed out, matter can neither be created nor destroyed, but it can change form and it does infinitely perpetually. So I'm riding my bike next to the Hudson River as often as I can. It's a fabulous bike path in Manhattan. They've just killed it with the city bike program here. It's my main mode of transportation. And the life force, the constant flow has never been more present for me than here in Manhattan, surrounded by moving water, sidewalks always filled with people pretty much 24 hours a day moving, moving, and underneath all of it, a subway system, multi-layered, also flowing like a nervous system or veins and arteries running to every street and neighborhood. It's like our body when we sleep. Heart doesn't stop beating. Food doesn't stop digesting. Even for the most part, our brain doesn't stop working. All of our systems keep working, just on a different level. And so what happens to all that water? If we start in the river, it flows into the ocean. It might evaporate up into the atmosphere, become a cloud, condense and come down again as rain into the earth, be absorbed by a tree into the cells of the tree may become part of a nut. I was picking up chestnuts the other day in Central Park watching the little squirrels. They're so cute, very graceful little things dancing across the grass with their cheeks full of nuts. I'm gonna bake the chestnuts, see if they're any good. I've never eaten them before. And so that water molecule became a chestnut. It's gonna get baked in my oven. I'm gonna eat it. It's gonna become part of my cells. And as my cells metabolize that water molecule, It may be expressed out through my breath as moisture, as perspiration, or I might excrete it. And with our rather unwise septic system that we have, it might get pumped back out into the water. Travel up north where it becomes trapped as ice for a few millennia, metabolized by fish or polar bears. And I imagine at some point in some distant future, the water molecule will die in its own way and become energy perhaps break into hydrogen and oxygen, or maybe the protons and neutrons and electrons reform themselves into something else. One of my favorite prayers in Catholicism is the glory be, glory be to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now how I say it is glory be to the Father, the Mother, and the Holy Spirit, world without end. Amen. Because that's my cosmology. And I believe that that model is true for human life. We are born, we are sustained, having lots of experiences of consciousness experiencing itself, and then we die in this form. But our water molecule nature, what might be called the soul, continues on to have different experiences, A new birth, life, death. Now, most spiritual traditions point to the idea that the culmination of a soul experience is to merge in love back with the one. That would be nirvana or heaven. But I don't think even that is a static state because, again, everything is in motion always, except perhaps that pure potentiality of the unmanifested. And I kind of can't imagine what that is but I'm going on a meditation retreat for 10 days and maybe I'll find out. I'll let you know. If I get to visit the unmanifested, have an experience of pure potentiality, visit the pregnant void of Shakti. I've seen a couple big pregnant women recently. I loved being pregnant and being pregnant is a very dynamic experience. There's a lot happening when you're pregnant, even though we can't see it. And so the pregnant void I would imagine is not empty. It is just housing the yet unseen, that which has not been expressed, still developing and growing. And so why do I call this hope for the future? Because there is this existential angst that many people share as humans right now. I've felt it almost my entire life that there's a possibility of the end of the world as we know it. In fact, there was a headline in the New York Times recently Things will never be the way they were. I have to say we got a big chuckle out of that because that is always true in this ever-unfolding universe. Things will never be the same. And it's set up that way. That is not a design flaw. Now, we might not like that, and it might feel scary or uncomfortable, but it is the true nature of reality. There is a time to be born. There is a time to sustain and there is a time to die or let things die. But that is not the end of the story. World without end. Amen. Because after death, there is something else on many levels. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially. Ending of something, whether it's a life, a relationship, a stage of development, or a day. There's a perpetual continuation. Something new. The unknown The unmanifested manifesting itself, reforming, expanding, constantly creating something new. And I find that both exciting and hopeful from a meta perspective, and even from a personal perspective. My children have moved into different stages of being. Our relationships have changed dramatically. I can look at my own life and all the different changes that I continue to go through, moving into an unmanifested future. And I will die, as will my children, as will their children. And it's not a tragedy or a design flaw. Again, it's set up that way in this infinite cycle that we are an indivisible part of. We are tiny bits of God experiencing itself. And the more deeply we participate in this process and experience our own lives, whatever those experiences are, I think on the ultimate level, that's what we're here for. God experiencing itself through us, and we have a lot of free will in how we express that on the continuum of fear and love, suffering and joy, and I had tremendous angst as a kid about overpopulation, about pollution, at the time about nuclear war, and certainly I don't desire suffering in my life, but from a wisdom perspective, everything is impermanent, we all have a part to play, and global warming is part of that unfolding process and pollution and war and At this point, I neither judge nor fear those realities; they are part of the dynamic tension of this plane of existence in middle earth, and just like every human will die, every blade of grass will return into the earth, every raindrop will ultimately probably return to the sea in that ever unfolding process. Again, nothing is permanent, but everything is consciousness, ever in motion. We cannot affect the life force. We are the life force. And is humanity being called to change and grow? Yes, it always has been. And that will continue. And might humanity eventually become extinct, like the dinosaurs or the woolly mammoths? Yes. But it's not the end of the story. We can't kill the earth. We aren't that powerful although nothing might be growing on Mars, it is not dead. Every atom in every piece of creation is a living force filled with energy and movement, even if it appears static to us. And so I have come to trust this larger process. And do I recycle? Yes. And should those who are moved to save the whales, save the whales? Yes. And should those who make us aware of drilling in the Arctic, or Black Lives Matter, or immigrant children in Mexico make us aware of those things? Yes. We each have a part to play. Our own dynamic tension evolving the consciousness of all things. But those who are ignorant or selfish or greedy, they're part of this thing too. Part of that dynamic tension of consciousness having an experience of itself. And I don't have to control it, and I don't even have to understand it, but I don't have to be afraid of it. Because we are an inseparable part of something greater than ourselves. And although the forms may begin and end over and over again, consciousness itself is in infinite expression. And on the ultimate level, there is no birth and death. And when we drop deeply into any moment, we have the possibility of connecting with that great reality. That the present moment is a wonderful moment. That is infinitely all there ever is. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, consider giving five stars on Spotify or a good review on iTunes. If you have any podcast ideas you'd like to hear about, I want to find out how a block of spiritual psychology work might benefit you or learn more about my year-long mentorship program, shoot me an email, info at com. Deep gratitude to my supporters on Patreon. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaVallee McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.